Welcome to Is This Love podcast brought to you by your relationship specialist and neuropsychotherapist, Joe Wilson of the Confidant Counseling. Great relationships make us healthier, happier, and can even extend your life. Enjoy my strategies to navigating love along with other experts in my field on this podcast. You can find all my weekly newspaper column articles at theconfidantcounseling.com. And this is the final series of my three articles featuring the incredible insight from social researcher Hugh McKay. It doesn't need much introduction and just featuring my interview with Hugh McKay and my co-host Christian on Radio Salt 106.5. You're going to love it. It's so interesting. Morning, wake up. Hanging with Christian and Joe Wilson, and we are thrilled to be joined today by Dr. Hugh McKay. Dr. Hugh, how are you today? I'm very well indeed, thank you, and I wish I was on the Sunshine Coast. <laughs> That's so good. We wish you were too. It's pretty good here. You're in Canberra, right? In Canberra, yeah, and I must say it's a magnificent day as I'm speaking to you from Canberra. Oh, good. That's great. Now, just a little bit of uh, context, I guess, for our listeners. Dr. Hugh, you're a social researcher, best-selling author of 19 books, including The Good Life, The Art of Belonging, and your latest one, Australia Reimagined. That's uh, been, uh, I guess, a labour of love, especially in this last season of your life? Yes. Uh, my publisher was very keen for me to do a sort of a round-up book. It's not my last book, but a sort of round-up of my observations after 60 years of being a social researcher and, and spending virtually my whole professional life studying and trying to understand and interpret uh, some of the social trends that have been reshaping Australia. So yes, it was it was um, an, an attempt to somehow bring all that to a conclusion, although that sounds very neat. And of course, we're <laughs> talking about humans, so it isn't neat. <laughs> Never neat. No, I mean, you bring a wealth of knowledge to this area. I mean, honorary doctorates from Charles Sturt, Macquarie, New South Wales, Western Sydney, Wollongong Universities, Uh, You were appointed an officer of the Order of Australia in uh, 2015, a huge honour, but it is obviously in recognition of your work over decades into this field of human endeavour. Yes, I don't, I don't, I mean, it is a, it is a great honour, but I don't, um, I don't get carried away by any of this because obviously it is, as you say, um, a recognition of the work. Uh, And I was very lucky to be in really on the ground floor of the public opinion research and social research industry in Australia. So if you spend long enough doing something like that, eventually people say, oh, that that was good work. (laughs) We'll uh, we'll recognise that. And I think the other thing about it is that um, obviously at a time of really quite significant social and cultural technological, economic turbulence in Australia, I think people do appreciate some kind of reasonably calm uh, and unbiased uh, analysis of yeah. what's going on so they, can, so they can understand themselves a bit better. I think that's, that's that the, the, the thing that is music to my ears as a researcher is when I hear someone say, oh, you know, you, you've helped me understand my kids better or, yes. you know... I've, 
understanding why I feel the way I feel. I think it is helpful uh, to people. Some some people achieve this in one-to-one psychotherapy, of course, mm. getting clarification of what they're going through. But sometimes I think on a societal level, people do find it not just interesting but helpful to get inside an analysis of what's been happening to us and why. And I think you're absolutely right there. You, your work has integrated into my work in the counselling room when I'm working with people in extreme adversity and how it's only their option to be able to understand themselves and use that to launch them to success, that yes. the only option is to use it as their teacher and to have this to compare it to when things are great again. And I just love that concept in your uh, work in The Good Life. It was beautifully written and, yeah, such a insight as to the human condition. Oh, thank you for that, uh, Joe. I, I appreciate that very much. Did you know that you featured in many of the counselling sessions? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> Hanging with Christian and Joe Wilson here on Salt 1 at 6.5. We're joined by Hugh McKay. You're talking about things like uh, loneliness uh, as being a, a larger um, difficulty in people's lives than we have previously acknowledged. Could you speak yeah. into that, some strategies about how we could move forward with that or things to be yeah, aware of? Just, just to put a figure on that, by the way, the uh, Swinburne University and the Australian Psychological Society published a national survey uh, or published the results of a national survey <coughs> uh, uh, earlier this year uh, in which they reported that 25% of Australians report feeling lonely most of the time, in other words, more than half of every week, mm. they feel lonely. And in the 18 to 25 age group, it gets up to uh, one in three reporting feeling lonely most of the time. So we've got a major social... When you understand that we are social beings uh, who need each other, we've got a major social issue looming, or it's not just looming, it's right here, uh, when you look at uh, figures like that and the, and the, and the things that are contributing to that but yes to come to solutions there there is no doubt uh, about what uh, what we need to do and that is to encourage much more engagement with the life of our local neighborhoods and communities mm. we're, we're all very good at interacting with family and with our friendship circles the people we like uh, and our colleagues perhaps in the workplace people we have common interests with but the real test of whether we are civilized human beings with a, with a fully developed sense of compassion, which is the magic ingredient. Which I love in, is that you said it's humanity. a discipline and it's not a versus an emotion. Yeah, it's yeah. not an emotion, Joe. It's important not, not to think of compassion as being about liking someone or loving someone in the emotional sense. It's just about saying... We're humans, we're all in this thing together, therefore the only way, if we, if, if we understand that our own health depends upon the health of the neighbourhoods and communities that we live in, then the only sensible response to that is to say we better treat each other kindly yeah. and compassionately and with respect uh, and with tolerance and inclusiveness and all that, all that kind of thing. So the test of whether we get that, I think, is the local neighbourhood, the street where you live, because that's, that's the one place 
where you're living amongst people you didn't choose to be with. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and they're all they're all strange, and they think you're strange. A bit like your partner's family. <laughs> <laughs> bit like the uh, but, but they're our neighbours, and I think society suffers and is suffering now mm. from the fact that we've kind of forgotten that there is this very special role we're expected to play in our life called the role of neighbour, which is mm. getting along with the people you happen to live next door to or in the same street or across the road from if we if we neglect that then we have this terrible problem of people even if they've got friends and family in other places where they live feeling socially isolated the problem of people in our big cities sydney and melbourne in particular increasingly brisbane yep. people saying oh we don't know our neighbors now when i hear someone say that but by the way no one ever says that in a chirpy tone of voice. No one ever says, hey, I finally achieved what I've always wanted." <laughs> and that's social isolation. I don't know my neighbours. <laughs> yeah. When people say that, they know they're saying something really strange, really mm. weird. Fancy living right next door to a fellow human being and coming in and out of uh, adjacent front gates and yeah. you know, sleeping with your head just a, you know, a few metres away, metres so, yeah. away from yeah. this other person and not knowing them. It's deeply unnatural. Talking about the social challenges that we face here in Australia and beyond, but uh, it's brilliant that your context, uh, you know, in Australia, being Australian, uh, loneliness is saying we're in the top three of social challenges. And uh, look at our, our social relationships is one of the best things for uh, long life. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for, for, for human well-being in general. Uh, there's even a suggestion that um, social interaction should be right up there with diet and exercise as one of the three um, things we need to watch uh, in order to not just lengthen our life, but uh, to postpone uh, illnesses of various kinds. I, I'm, I'm in no doubt, coming out of all of this research, I'm in no doubt that the greatest challenge we face in Australia, and and pretty typical of the Western world, societies like ours, but certainly in Australia, the greatest challenge we face is uh, the possibility of more social fragmentation because of the various changes that have been reshaping us, ranging from shrinking households to a sustained high rate of divorce, uh, our busyness, our devotion to our IT devices, our mobility, all of these things tend to put pressure on the stability and the cohesiveness of local neighbourhoods and communities, mm. and that increases the risk of people becoming socially isolated. And I'm strongly supportive of the, the proposition that some American and Australian psychologists have been putting forward recently that social isolation actually poses a greater threat to public health than obesity does, and we know what a what a drain on public health uh, treatment of obesity and uh, obesity-related mm. diseases poses. But now they're saying, well, social isolation poses a greater threat because we are. Uh, I said at the beginning of our conversation, we're humans, we're frail, and all that. But the main thing about humans is that we are social beings. We yeah. absolutely 
need each other. We need to belong to herds and tribes, groups, families, communities of all kinds. That's that's the natural habitat for the human person. Mm. We're not good at being isolated individuals. In fact, in our criminal justice system, we've devised solitary confinement as the worst punishment we can inflict on someone because it is the worst punishment you can inflict on a member of a social species. So social isolation is associated not just with increased risk of anxiety and depression, but also some other physical manifestations like hypertension, Mm. inflammation, cognitive decline, uh, an increased uh, incidence of smoking, a decreased inclination to seek uh, health care, an increased risk of addiction to IT devices. All, All these things are associated with social isolation and they're all very unhealthy outcome so you know what what does that mean well it means for those of us who are not socially isolated we'd better keep an eye out for those who are because they are our responsibility they're part of us don't let there be anyone in our street or our apartment block uh, whose whose risk of social isolation is being ignored that's fantastic. We're just going to go to a quick break. Uh, there's so much that you're saying, literally, uh, you know, in every sentence. Yeah, I keep saying, I want to ask a question about that. Oh, what about this? <laughs> just trying to capture this. Uh, we're just going to get, cut to a song. And when we return, we'd love to ask you some of your uh, suggestions, strategies, uh, recommendations in moving forward, overcoming this, uh, you know, as as we are social beings. So thank you so much for your time. We're going to be right back, hanging with Christian and Joe Wilson and Hugh McKay here on Salt 6.5. We need to, as a first stop, a first point in the strategy for dealing with our problem of social isolation resulting from increased social fragmentation, we need to look to our own immediate neighbourhood and our own role as neighbours. Hugh, I'm glad you brought up about population density because it was actually you know, a question I had that have you noticed the difference in, uh, I guess, how structured or curated some of this community has to be in uh, urban centres versus uh, not necessarily just country towns, but even uh, just things where, you know, uh, uh, suburbs or uh, regional centres where population density is um, a little bit more, you know, spread out. Yes. Yes. It's obvious. I mean, the the cliche turns out to be true that, that people who are living in rural and regional areas, although they have many problems associated with that, Mm. they are generally better at sustaining the life of the local community, at acknowledging each other as neighbours, keeping an eye on each other's Mm. kids, taking in each other's washing if it's going to rain, and all all those sort of neighbourly things that we used to do without thinking. The higher the density... I mean, actually, it turns out that the worst way for humans to live is in really sort of high-rise, high-density apartment blocks or in the strung-out so-called quarter-acre block um, suburban pattern that was typical of the way... It was really good for the way we lived 50 years ago, but is not so good for the way we live now where 
in a family um, of parents and kids, for example, both parents will typically be working in a two-adult household. Exactly. Businessness is our badge of honour. So the old-fashioned suburban model is not so good. What what works really well is the sort of medium density, the townhouse, yeah. uh, the low-rise apartments, the old-fashioned terrace houses, those sort of things where um, we've got our own privacy, we've got our own spot, but th- there's a high probability of us running into each other mm. in the street or at the local coffee shop. Whereas if you pack us in too tightly, we become obsessed with privacy. Yes. Privacy yeah. eye contact. Are you suggesting that the Sunshine Coast, uh, where we are, is the best place for people to come and move to? Well, it is. Uh, there's so many people moving here, and uh, obviously we love the lifestyle up here. Um, but yeah. it is a great balance. I just I will wait. I think and that say was that. a suburb that you based in your book, right? Is that right? We, we're all <laughs> right. wondering what suburb was it, or was it truly fabricated? <laughs> And that was truly fabricated. Oh, yes. I kept thinking, yeah. I'm sure it's Budrum. No, he's definitely talking about Budrum. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did borrow, of course, Joe. I borrowed it from many suburbs where I've done research over the sure. years. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fascinating, uh, Hugh. Yeah, and especially where we live, we do kind of feel like we're in that happy medium where we've got a bit of space. But and, and business anyone... still creeps into our life. Yeah. Like I must admit, still on my street, it's almost I feel like a weirdo if I was to do that knock on the door and say, just so you know I'm here, I'd... I feel that, that I was stalking them. It's kind of got to that stage, I think, that it's become it's the other way. That it's no longer the, the normal thing that we naturally do. So when you do it, you, you do feel a bit weird. But we've got to fight this. I mean, we've, we've got to, I think, as, as individuals, you know, the, the, the way there's no, there's no magic wand and there's no sort of government action that's required to yeah. make this happen. Each of us individually have to say, well, if we don't know our neighbours, time to go and knock on the door, exactly as you say. Yeah. You knock on the door and say, look, I don't, don't want to bother you, but I live next door. You know, my name's Hugh. If you need anything, give us a shout. I'll leave you in peace, but uh, nice to meet you and see you around. Contact is established. Yeah. 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 So the yeah. power of a uh, tray of muffins, hey? Of baking a tray of <laughs> yeah. muffins and bringing them around. Oh, you're... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you're coming from behind there then, Christian. <laughs> Maybe some of your basic pasta. Yeah, your dollar pasta without anything on. Everything points to love thy neighbour, which I was raised in a Christian family. And everything you seem to unveil points towards Christian values from the good book, the Bible. What do you think about that? Yes, most religious traditions and most philosophical traditions point in the same direction. But certainly in a country like Australia, where still 52% of the population in the last census identify as Christian, um, our obvi- obviously the main religious influence on us has been Christianity and and the the, the values of the as reported on the, for the Sermon on the Mount uh, the mm. idea of you know loving your neighbor as yourself uh, these are so fundamental to the operation of a harmonious society that even people who are not remotely interested in the Christian association with those ideas or the origin of some of those wise sayings of Jesus are still attracted, Mm. I think, because as human beings, we know deep within us that the only way for society, and not just to survive, but to thrive and prosper, is for us to live more lovingly. And and again, just emphasizing something we said earlier in the conversation, not lovingly in the sense of affection, but lovingly in the sense of kindly, compassionately, respectfully 
towards everyone. I mean, the real test, and I suppose this is, again, a very Christian idea, the real test of our depth of compassion is whether we can act kindly and respective, respectfully yeah. towards someone we don't agree with mm. and someone we don't actually like. Well, that's we certainly need thing. a lot of that uh, in Australia <laughs> these days. That's uh, spot on. It's amazing that the uh, research findings, there's so many parallels with uh, with some of these timeless ancient yeah. the scriptures. Ancient so. yeah. wisdom. But then as a paradox, the loss of faith is um, seems to be... A trend in Australia, would that be correct? Yes. Well, we've seen a dramatic, over the last years, a dramatic, or 60 years, a dramatic, a dramatic fall in religious observance. But it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a mixture, Joe, because we've got this thing of 52% of people still wanting to identify as Christian, yeah. even though only about 8% attend church once a week, about 15% once a month or more often. Christmas is coming up, about 25% of the population will attend some... That's when you get the special Christians turn up, yeah. <laughs> so that's, um, you know, that's, that's quite a big figure. But, but in general, your point is correct, obviously, that although we still embrace these values, uh, we've lost faith in the institutional church, mm. um, lost interest in it to a very large extent, or even lost respect for it. But at the same time, while church attendance has been going through the floor, um, parents are very keen to enroll their kids in church-based schools. Mm. Yeah, so true. Faith-based schools have yeah. gone through the roof. They want to have them to have those values. That, yeah. know, when people look to charities for help, mm. I think 24 of, the, of Australia's top 25 charities are faith-based. So yeah. this is still a major presence in our society, but for all kinds of reasons... Um, uh, one of which, of course, is the tremendous um, move in our society, like other, like comparable societies, towards more becoming a more materialistic and more individualistic society. Mm. And both those things are very antithetical to the messages of Christian faith. So as you can imagine, there's a new series starting and I'm just about to launch into inspiring couples where particularly there is a very successful and achieving, maybe overachieving woman and how she negotiates and juggles her career with a even better man behind her or someone who's supporting her in the process. 